You are listening to a podcast from Essendon Presbyterian Church in Melbourne, recorded 6 p.m. on February 19, 2023, presented by Rev. Chris Duke. We're reading from verse 5, we're going to read 10 verses from verse 5 to verse 15. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that, he will take of mine and declare it to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Be gracious with me, Father. We thank you for these words of Jesus. We know that these words were spoken to his disciples just before he's about to be arrested. And he's talking about departing, but sending the Holy Spirit. Lord, we can understand this because we see it from uh, a distance that's already happened. But Lord, we know that the disciples would have been wondering, what is Jesus, their master, talking about? But help us, Lord, to know what is Jesus talking about tonight? We pray this for your wonderful precious name. Amen. Now, I'm sure this wouldn't have happened to Helen, and it wouldn't have happened to Jeanette, but it could have happened to Mark. Um, it could have happened to any of you. I wonder if it has ever happened to you. Have you ever been driving along the road just casually driving along in your car, you might be in a hurry, your mind isn't really on your driving as it should be, you're in another world. You're thinking about all the things you have to do, but you're not taking enough notice of your actual driving and the speed that you're travelling at. Then as you're driving along, you suddenly notice something in your rear vision mirror. Does that happen to you? It's happened to me. It's those dreaded flashing red and blue lights that are in your rear vision mirror. And it's at that moment you have this awful sense of dread that comes upon you. 
as you realise that it's not an ambulance or a fire brigade, it's your worst fear, it's missed policemen. So what happens? What actually happens at that moment? Does anything change when you see those flashing lights? They're thinking. In fact, almost instinctively, your foot moves from the accelerator to the brake. Your immediate reaction is to slow down. And when you do, when, when you do your eye scans your speedometer and you hope you weren't going that fast. And then you pull over to the side as the policeman comes to your window and you sheepishly greet him or her. You see our behaviour changes in the presence of those in authority. So what's going to change when the spirit comes? Because in that passage in John 16, Jesus, he's just told his disciples that something's going to change. And the dramatic change is that Jesus is going to depart, and when he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit to help them. What is going to change? What is going to change is that the Spirit will convince people of the truth of the gospel and will glorify Jesus. That's what's going to change. Jesus said, when I go away, the Spirit will come. And this wasn't the first time that Jesus said something like this. Jesus had already told them about the coming of the Spirit when we read chapters 14 and 15. When Jesus told his disciples that I must leave you, of course they didn't handle that news very well. We can understand how the disciples must have felt, but now God's plan to save people was coming to a head. It was coming to a climax. It was only hours away from when Jesus would be nailed to a cruel Roman cross and Jesus would die. The Son of God would die. This wasn't the happy ending the disciples expected. A week earlier, Jesus had entered Jerusalem, hadn't he? And it was here that he was welcomed like a triumphant king where they sang Hosanna. And now a week later, their thoughts and their dreams are being shattered. And all the disciples could feel was grief because Jesus was leaving. And Jesus was upset that no one cared to ask where he was going. But Jesus told them, I'm returning to the one who sent me. If the penny had dropped, they would have realised that Jesus was returning to his heavenly father. The problem was that the disciples didn't fully know all the truth concerning salvation. In reality, they weren't ready for this salvation truth. And the hour is getting closer for Jesus to depart. Soon he would be arrested. He would be falsely accused and put on trial and found guilty. He would be handed over to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, who would wash his hands of his death. And then Jesus would be whipped and he'd be scourged and he'd be shamed and Jesus would go to the cross as a lamb to the slaughter. And in doing so, Jesus would take upon himself the penalty and the shame of your sin and mine. And the disciples didn't understand that when the Spirit comes, the Spirit will convince the world of the truth of the gospel and glorify Jesus. 
And Jesus was telling them that he must leave them, okay? For the ministry of the Holy Spirit to commence, Jesus had to return to the presence of the Heavenly Father, his Heavenly Father, and only then will the Holy Spirit come. But Jesus wanted his disciples to know why he had to die. But at this moment, they just didn't understand it. Unless the Holy Spirit was to come, they wouldn't understand it. So Jesus points out in verse 7, in verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away so that the Holy Spirit comes to you. Unless Jesus was to leave, then God's promise to save people would not happen. It could not happen until Jesus had done everything that needed to be done through his death, through his res resurrection. And when he returns to the, his father, then the helper, the counsellor, the, the, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit would come to lead them into all truth concerning himself. And friends, it's to our advantage that Jesus went away, that he did suffer and die, and Jesus needed to complete his saving work on the cross. And when we look at the coming of the Spirit, this is obviously pointing to the event that we read earlier in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, when God poured out his Spirit on all flesh, and Jesus had told his disciples that when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. It's the Holy Spirit that changes our view of sin because the Spirit convicts the world. The Spirit convicts the world of sin because the world did not believe Jesus. They didn't believe who Jesus is. And the world still doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The world sees Jesus only as a man, perhaps even a good man, even an extraordinary man, but not as God. But when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, people were convicted of sin. You see, the world does not accept that there is sin. The world wants to ignore it. It places sin out of sight and out of mind. The natural person says to himself, to the world and even to God, that I'm okay, that I'm all right. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm a good person. I do good things. I'm not evil. But the Spirit comes along and shows us all up. The Spirit shows up our own self-righteousness for what it truly is. The Spirit cuts deep into our being. It cuts deep into our heart and exposes us for truly who we are. Oh, sinful man that I am. For the heart of man is deceptively wicked, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, our own measly self-righteousness is putrid in God's sight, in his holy sight. And so up and until when Jesus died, the world thought only of Jesus as a good teacher. And some people didn't think he was even that. Some people were hoping that he was the Messiah. For hadn't he showed uh, some signs and performed uh, some miracles and he taught with authority and wisdom and some were left wondering that perhaps maybe he was, but they didn't expect the Messiah to suffer. They expected a king who would rid them of Roman tyranny and return them to the glory days of King David. But these same people were complicit in his crucifixion 
For earlier they had cried out, crucify him, crucify him. When Jesus died, it might have meant that maybe Satan had won. It might even appear that everything that Jesus had said about himself was even wrong. It said to the world that Jesus was wrong about himself and about his beliefs. This is what the crucifixion said to the world. But when Jesus rose from the, from the dead and went to his father, what is the father saying about the crucifixion? That Jesus was right. When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit will convince the world of what is right and what is wrong. And the Spirit comes like a prosecuting attorney to convince the world of sin. But friends, there's more. The Spirit will convince the world of its lack of righteousness and will bring judgment. When the Spirit came at Pentecost, people were convicted of their sin, yes, but suddenly they were convicted concerning the true identity of Jesus. They hadn't believed who, who Jesus truly was. <coughs> Certainly they were mistaken about Jesus because they had rejected him, they had crucified him. But when the Spirit came, their view of Jesus was overturned. Only then that did they discover an appalling truth about themselves, that their own self-righteousness was found wanting. For they had participated in the crucifixion of the Son of God. And the word of God cut deep into their heart. And the Spirit convicted many of them and showed up their sin. What happens when the Spirit comes to us today? He shows us that we're all sinners. He shows us that we're unworthy of any mercy from God. The Spirit comes and convicts us that unbelief in Jesus is a sin. It's the greatest sin that any of us can ever commit. Do you truly believe in Jesus and what he's done for you? Please don't be like some people who on the day of judgment, on that final day, Jesus will say, but you never believed in, in me. I gave you so many opportunities. Time after time after time, you heard my gospel word and yet you rejected my word. You rejected the prompting of the Holy Spirit to repent and to believe in me. What does the Spirit say about judgment? That the time has come for the prince of this world to be cast out. When Jesus was crucified, the devil may have thought he'd won. But when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the Father in heaven, this act showed that he had gained the victory over Satan. What changes when the Spirit comes to us? The Spirit comes and shows us that we all need a Saviour. We all need Jesus. When the Spirit comes, then you will understand as you've never understood before. The Spirit will show you that only through faith in Jesus and repentance of sin that you can truly be saved. <coughs> Jesus is saying that only when I leave will you really come to know me as I want you to know me. For in verse 12, Jesus said, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There's more about me and you need to know. 
but just now you're not able to take it all in. And Jesus is saying here, when I go away and send the Spirit, you actually will know me better. What else did Jesus promise them in verse 13? When the Spirit comes, he will guide them into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things to come. So Jesus says to his disciples that the Spirit will lead you into all the truth. What does this mean, all the truth? All the truth doesn't mean an understanding of all knowledge, like scientific or mathematical and biological. It doesn't mean that you're going to become a big know-it-all. We love know-it-alls, don't we? We don't need the Holy Spirit for that, do we? But the reference to all the truth means that those who follow Jesus will have a full understanding of God's saving plan of salvation. And part of the role of the Spirit is to remind his disciples of all that he had taught them. In other words, the Spirit will help his disciples to remember everything that Jesus had taught them. When the Spirit leads the disciples into all the truth, they will, would now understand the truth of the gospel. What they didn't understand when Jesus was with them would now be understood. And the, the, the disciples would do something with the truth of Jesus' teachings. What would they do? What are we required to do? They would tell others. They would tell others of the truth concerning Jesus. They would make new disciples by sharing the truth of the gospel. And this is what we read about in, in, in the latter part of Acts 2 that we read earlier. In verse 42, following the day of Pentecost, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the apostles, the disciples, teaching them about Jesus, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The apostles taught new believers about Jesus. They taught new believers that he was the Messiah, that it was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross to take their theirs and, and our punishment for sin. They would teach them about his resurrection, that Jesus actually lives. We find a further role of the Spirit in verse 13. It is to take what is Christ and give it to the disciples. To take what is Christ and give it to the disciples. The final disclosure of God, of what's going to happen, is what the Holy Spirit will perfectly convey to his disciples. And the disciples in turn will give it to the world. They will give it to the world. And in time, the truth of Jesus Christ, of course, it would be written down. That's what we have here. The complete canon of Scripture, the Old and the New Testament. Today we have these books. We have the Gospels. We have the Acts of the Apostles. We have the Letters of Peter, Paul and John and others. And these writings would be distributed and they would be shared with believers all over the known world. And it's happening today as we see Bibles translated into various dialects and shared. There's no further revelation concerning Jesus and our salvation. All is complete. And the truth of his gospel will continue to be preached to the world until he comes.
until he comes again. When the words were written once, they were written twice, and then they were written many times over. And today we read the scriptures, we can take comfort that those early words written are not the words of human authors, for they are the words of Jesus revealed to men by the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be surprised because God is the God who speaks. From the beginning in Genesis, God spoke and his creation came into being. Jesus is the word and he speaks to us. Jesus himself declares, I am the word. And through his word, it is proclaimed. So what changes when the spirit comes to us? Friends, the spirit will convince people of the truth of the gospel and glorify Jesus. And the spirit changes our heart for the gospel. And may we never tire of it. Friends, do you ever tire of hearing the gospel? I hope not. You might tire of hearing me, but I hope you never tire of hearing the gospel. For the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The gospel is the good news concerning who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And the gospel is the good news of our salvation and of our eternal hope. The old-timers, of course, call it the blessed hope. I like the old-timers' description. The blessed hope. What else changes when the Spirit comes as we read in verses 14 to 15? The Spirit promotes the Son. The Holy Spirit promotes the Son. Jesus is placed before the eye, eyes and hearts of people and his person and work shines forth. Just as the Son glorifies the Father by revealing him both in word and deed, so the Spirit glorifies the Son by revealing Jesus. The Spirit reveals Jesus in order to glorify him so that we will think that Jesus is so wonderful, so noble, so good and so radiant that by making him known is to glorify him. The more of the truth of Jesus that is truly known, the more he will be loved and adored. The Spirit causes the virtues of Christ to be proclaimed. The Spirit shows forth his love, his power and his holiness and also his forgiveness and causes his splendour to shine in a dark world. So what should this look like to glorify Jesus? Well, to glorify Jesus is to make obvious his excellence and worth. The Spirit takes us, it takes what is Christ and reveals it to us in all his excellence and worth. And so without the ministry of the Spirit, without being filled with the Spirit, we can't understand the things of Christ, nor can we have the things of Christ. The Spirit doesn't come for his own kudos, for his own glory, but to glorify Jesus and his works for the advancement of the kingdom of Christ. Everything the Spirit does is in harmony with what Christ has done. He will maintain the same interests and pursue the same design. The Spirit will never do anything that is contradictory to Jesus. So what changes when the Spirit comes to us? 
What will this look like for us here at Essendon? To be sure, for those of us who are Christians, the Spirit is already indwelt in you. The Spirit has already come. But surely it means that we will love the truth of the gospel. Surely it will mean that we will desire to see the proclamation of the gospel. It means that we want to know Jesus even more and to make him known. Surely it means that we will have a desire to see people saved for the gospel of Jesus Christ will be our priority. Surely it means that we'll see a difference in our preaching with authority where Jesus is honoured. When the Spirit comes, we will not be ashamed of the gospel, for boldly we will make the most of opportunities to share the gospel with our family, with our friends and even strangers. Our lives will shine forth and reflect Jesus. We will be like salt that has not lost its flavour Everything we do will be to glorify and honour Jesus. Is this what we want to see in our area? Is this what, what we want to see in our church? Normally when you come to a person or into the presence of a person with authority, behaviour and thinking changes. So what changes when the Spirit comes? What changes when the third person of our trying God comes to us when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convince us of all the truth of the gospel and will glorify Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you did send your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the day of Pentecost. We thank you that the, your Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. And we see the result of this in the world today where the gospel is being proclaimed. And yet, Lord, we, we, see, we do see the need for your Holy Spirit to be poured out even amongst where your church is. We know that revival begins in the house of God. And so we pray that you would revive us, that you, we, you would revive all faithful churches in this land and those that are unfaithful, Lord, revive them and bring them back to you. And, Lord, we pray that the witness of your church will be dynamic and alive and real in a, in a time when we certainly need to hear the gospel ever so much. And so, Lord, that's our prayer, that's our heart. Work in our lives first and then work in the lives of others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing uh, our final hymn. Uh, Trying to remember what number it is now. Um, three, two, five. So I know it's a bit hot, but uh, you know, a bit more energy now. We, this is just a, a quiet little hymn. We, we've we've sung it in recent times because we have been dealing with the theme of the spirit. It's just a, a lovely little reminder. Breathe on me, breath of God. More messages of hope at Essendon Presbyterian Church.org.au or wherever you get your podcasts from.